So, hey, welcome to another edition of the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, a senior editor at Light Reading. Hi, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me today. I'm Stacy Slaughter, CEO of NCTI. Well, Stacy, thanks for being here. Nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Greatly yeah. appreciate the opportunity to have this discussion. Thank you for asking me to join. Sure thing. So before we start and kind of dig into what's going on in the industry and, and your business, um, you know, I thought we a good way to start would to point out that maybe we have a little something in common, right? <laughs> besides being besides being around the same industry for several years, um, you know, for everybody listening, you know, as a piece of background, uh, you were the CEO and CFO of NCTI when you acquired it from Jones International, right? The company founded by the late Glenn R. Jones back in 2015 and before Glenn bought NCTI. I was at Jones doing PR and marketing and, you know, whatever else they needed me to do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's the way it was know, with Glenn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there are cable networks like uh, Mind Extension University, later Knowledge TV and uh, Jones Computer Network. So I guess where I was going with that is um, we both hail from Jones, right? So I guess in that sense, we're both former, you know, Jones associates, right? Since no one there was labeled as an employee. So here's where I was kind of going with that. Um, Before we talk about what's going on in the world of broadband and wireless training and education, um, maybe have you talk a little bit about how you run the company, right? And if the experience at Jones and uh, has continued on with you as you head uh, as the head of NCTI, right? Because there was definitely a specific culture that uh, that Jones had. Yes, absolutely. I have the pleasure to work for Glenn for over 20 years, most of that directly with him and learned so much from him. And you know, especially over these last three years, I've pondered how he would have adapted within the pandemic environment because of uh, the, you know the, the culture that he had built and, and fostered within the Jones companies if he had had lived to, to this point um, some of the pieces that we have been sure to carry over and um, within our smaller operations now now that you know we've been separate from the Jones family of companies for a little over seven years mm-hmm. almost going on eight years is really, first of all, incorporating that entrepreneurial spirit. We're a small business, and because we're a small business and competing in a very large industry, large space, it's important that we stay innovative. It's important that we stay entrepreneurial and really cutting edge. And so we've we've really focused on ensuring that the entire organization maintains that perspective. When we're hiring, we look for that passion for entrepreneurism, for that, um, that for that creativity, for that vision, that ability to see into the future, which Glenn always had. Um, and so that that piece we've definitely incorporated. And another piece that I think that Glenn really fostered in me was the need for us to be, to have experience multidiscipline, right? No, nobody was, in, in my opinion, it was really pigeonholed at Jones. He made sure, sure. you know, as a CFO, I was never just a numbers person. He was also ensuring that I had visibility into other functions within the organization um, so that I could see the whole picture and, and see how the different pieces fit together. And that's another piece that at NCTI, our entire 
entire team, we, we preach and, and live out daily that we're all in sales. We're all in product development. We all take out the trash and we all do a little bit of everything. And so mm-hmm. um, while we all, we might have our specific job description beyond that, everybody, um, you know, we have our weekly all hands where everybody's hearing the updates across the organization on a weekly basis, not quarterly, not annually. It's, it's weekly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cause I think, um, you know, my time at Jones, I mean, it was a, a great time. I don't think I've ever been in a company like that since, you know, I mean, what a great way to start off, you know, is, is to be in kind of that environment. So, yes. uh, good. Well, that's great. I'm glad, you know, you've been able to carry, uh, some of that on, you know, some of the values of that Glenn brought, but, um, but, uh, you know, many in the industry know NCTI is a company or an organization that's been providing, training to the industry for many years, right? I, I, I did want to say, quote unquote, cable, but you know, I, I think we've all noticed that um, the use of that term is kind of phasing out to a degree or it's just not being used as much. Um, yeah, instead, we're, we're getting, and kind of tied into that, I did, you know, as I was getting ready for this, pop by the site and notice that uh, the company, NCTI, is like a broadband and wireless for, or for uh, training for broadband and wireless professionals. Um, uh, but maybe just give us an overview of, uh, you know, what NCTI is focused on today and how, you know, the what we still know as cable still fits into that mix. Sure, absolutely. So we've been in business since late 1968. So what we've been saying more than 50 years for a while now, it just was brought to my attention the last couple of weeks that now we're getting closer to 55. Time flies. Yes, time is flying for sure. Mm-hmm. The in uh, while our the lion's share of our customer base is definitely that legacy cable operator space. We understand that um, the, the cable operate the traditional cable op- operator is also expanding its its um, offerings and its perspective and it's the technology that it uses in order to deliver its service, which I know we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so we really are focused more on an understanding that we serve the connectivity business. It's not just cable and and while that might be where we've got the strength and the relationships and the brand and that legacy space, we are really focused on any type of connectivity technology, any kind of connectivity service, because just as important to us is while we we definitely are in, in the business of training the technical um, employees within those service providers, we are just as committed to those providing customer service um, and that customer experience, just as important to us um, with within our, our current space. So yes, we are, um, as we look at how cable is kind of phasing out, and I know there was some, even some conversation about that at the next gen conference a couple of weeks ago, Right. we're definitely using that, that C instead of cable as connectivity from, from our perspective, as we look at what the learning needs are in providing um, for the employees within our industry. Right. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree. Yeah, connectivity is kind of the uh, the core of everything. And then the way you're connecting is, you know, the, the industry has become a lot more agnostic you know, in, in the way they do it. And with that kind of as the, um, the backdrop then, I mean, how has your business changed in the last three to five years, you know, now that uh, our cable folks are 
now into wireless. They're upgrading their HFC networks, of course, but they're also building a lot more fiber, right? So the tools and education and training that they need is a lot broader. So, uh, I mean, has that been the big change in the last three to five years or kind of what's been the uh, the time frame in which the business is uh, kind of changed a little bit for you? Yes, from a from a content perspective, absolutely. We are expanding our fiber offerings. We're expanding our wireless, and when I say wireless, I mean all types of wireless topics, whether that be things like such as five G, fixed wireless, any kind of wireless technologies, the the differing technologies that exist within that overall broad category. Um, we've definitely been focused on new course development, new content development in that space, and it, for us personally, it expanding into those providers as well. So a, a building beyond the traditional cable operators, looking at the, the fiber builders um, and, and getting into that ISP space as well um, and, yeah. and understanding the needs that are there. So from a, a content and supporting our current, the current cable operators, absolutely. We're, they're expanding the technology they're using to provide that connectivity. We are uh, matching that expansion and, and what we are providing to them. Um, and I think, too, because they are operating in, in so many different modes that it has driven home the importance for us to also adapt how we serve that information up to them. So being able to evolve our our resources, our tools, our courses, whatever piece that they're looking at from us so that their employees are able to access the information they need for the job at hand, but then also when the time is right, that they've got the ability to look beyond that and look at um, the other technologies that might be coming into their organization. And if they're not coming into their organization, the different technologies that they're competing with because of the increased competition in this, in our industry. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, to kind of expand on that curriculum, right. How, um, uh, What's kind of been the, the biggest challenge there, uh, you know, to do that? Um, because, right, you're kind of coming from a world where it was very cable centric, but now mm -hmm. you know, a lot more uh, the scope, you know, is much wider. So to kind of match up, have you had to invest a lot into uh, like content development and, and making sure you have the expertise to, to, to help provide? The, the biggest challenge for us in this area has really been how do we balance expanding the breadth so we're, we're, we're providing more topics available um, and, and narrow, but yet narrowing the depth within those topics where we have historically for 50 years been very specific and very deep within the, the traditional cable architecture. Um, we, now we, there is still that need at times, but it truly, we need to make sure that we're providing a, a broader breadth. And then at the right time, it's almost like, a, you know, right time fulfillment, being able to drill into that depth. So we've had to um, expand our learning and development team. We've brought on experts from the wireless industry, not the non-traditional cable space to help us grow in that particular expertise area and individuals who 
quite honestly didn't know who NCTI was, right? Because our 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 brand yeah. is so solidly placed. You weren't focused the there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so not in the wireless space. So being able to, you know, to to expand our workforce, um, it's also challenged us in expanding the skill set on our learning and development team because it's not just this isn't uh, death by PowerPoint and and a, you know and a video yeah. or something like this. It's very important that we um, customize the learning and have it be more engaging in a virtual environment. And so that's necessitated a stronger skill set within our organization to ensure that we're staying on the cutting edge of the e-learning technologies that are important for today's student across all the generations from Generation Z all the way up, you know, through through Gen X into Boomer. Right. Because I think when the when the pandemic hit, everyone you know, was working and schooling from home. But I imagine that uh, you already had uh, you know, a way for people to learn remotely anyway. Correct. correct. Uh, do you even do any on-site training anymore or we, not? We do not. Um, so mm-hmm. very, very blessed to have been an online learning organization at the, mm-hmm. the head yeah. of the pandemic. We do partner with um, in-person instructor-led um, organizations that do provide that lab-based training. So our, our offerings are all online. But when it comes to things like fiber, there is a very important component of that that must be done in person. So whether that's partnering with the operator who is um, training the actual skills in person, or and, and whether that's with a supervisor or in some sort of lab, or partnering with a, a training organization that provides that in-person instruction for the skill-based learning that does need to be practiced. Um, we do both of those. Um, okay. we, we partner with both of those. Okay. And how, you know, when I was thinking about challenges, I was also thinking from the operator's standpoint, they want to get uh, their people trained and uh, uh, capable of, uh, you know, diversifying their capabilities. Uh, but once you get them trained, I also think about retention, right? Yes. yes. And, and how important that is. So um, I guess from NCTI's side of it, do you play a role in kind of helping to you know, uh, retain uh, this, uh, this talent and tied in as retention, uh, you know, from your from where you're sitting, has it ever been as big of an issue as it is today? You know, great questions. And I think, you know, workforce development in general is such a hot topic right yeah. now. When we look at challenges um, for our current customer base and how that in, impacts retention and recruitment too. I think recruitment is is just that other R, if you will, is just as important um, yeah. for our customers right now. So when we look at the retention piece, one of the items that we're partnering with our, our operator customers on right now is um, and is how they approach reskilling. So they have this in- incredible workforce. Um, the the job roles within their organization are shifting, you know, and they have been shifting and and for. A, the last 10 years or so, but really over the last three years, we've seen the speed of that shift accelerate with, with the pandemic. So much, you know, there's less field tech work. So much of that is being automated. You know, we have the use of AI and the maintenance of the networks. And so the, this, you still need the employees, but the type of skills that they need is changing. So we're partnering with them on helping them define that path of, say, they can identify the employees that they want to ensure that they 
retain and, and then identify, helping them evaluate how they can um, show that employee a path to a, another type of career within their organization. Hopefully that makes sense. So really helping them identify the employees that, uh, for retention and then identify the skill sets that are going to be needed for them to continue to progress in their organization. We're, so we're playing a, a part there. Um, and then in the recruitment side, it's really that speed to speed to market, if you will, for their workforce. They don't have the time to wait for a three-month program, a four-month program, a six-month program in order to get somebody out um, on the street and up and running within their their job role. And so having us come alongside and, and customize our offerings to them so that as they once they bring someone in as a new hire, that they're learning the right concepts and the right information at the right time so they can put them actually... Um, make them a, a, a productive an employee as far as um, completing the job roles, the, the job tasks much more quickly by learning as they go. Um, that, that's been an important piece for us as well. And really progressing with the, those employees as they grow within the organization. Yeah, kind of back to retention as well. It's, you know, one of our passions is really building careers for our industry and retaining individuals, our students within our industry. And so working with the operators um, for them to show their employees that there is a path, there is a path to management, to being a supervisor, there's a path to be, you know, management, there's a path to be leadership within their organization. Having the, the, the students see that when they log onto our dashboard, they see that progression that's been customized <clears throat> for the operator that we've been working, you know, with their employer. Um, and I think that having that visual really helps the employee um, see the investment that their employer is making in them, which has a direct right. application and impact on retention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important, right? Because I think, uh, you know, any job, right? <laughs> you, you don't want to be like, <laughs> Well, this is uh, where I'm going to, you know, be for uh, the foreseeable future, right? If there is a path forward, if they're interested in, in growing and, and yeah, getting into management or, you know, uh, broadening their skill set, um, yeah. very important. But one thing, yeah, one other thing I was thinking about was, um, you know, a lot of the, the stuff we're looking at right now, uh, uh, a lot of HFC upgrade activity now that we're, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after all the initial pandemic focus changed and, and now we're back to upgrades, but there's also been a lot of uh, time and money going into these rural, uh, rural build out programs. Uh, we're seeing, you know, that's through organic edge outs. There's billions of dollars coming in from government yes. subsidization initiatives and programs. And, um, and, you know, a lot of that's focused on pond build outs, mm -hmm. right? Um, you did talk a little bit about fiber, but um, I mean, with all that activity, how's that affected the operators you work with? And uh, is there anything else specific that you're doing to kind of to respond, you know, to this particular piece of the market? 
definitely that continued focus on fiber. And I know, you know, attending the industry events that we do, there's the, you know, what architecture is the right architecture? And depending on who you are, depends on what your answer is. But mm-hmm. I think it just generally yeah. across the board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah. what we're generally seeing is the understanding that in, in all likelihood, there's not a one size that fits all. It might, it, depending on the geography, the, 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 um, the rural build out, um, how rural it, it, it is, what the capacity is within that particular whatever square miles, you know, that it, it really depends on uh, the, the geography of, of the, um, the residents or the small business that we're trying to reach. Uh, mm-hmm. However, overarching that, definitely fiber. I think there is general buy-in and, and belief that fiber is the most cost-effective um, technology most of the time. Um, it does, you know, it's easier to upgrade. It has a longer life. Um, and so the investment in that is important. So we are definitely seeing much more um activity and engagement within our fiber content requests coming in on specific fiber topics, you know, construction as well. Um, and, and really this is kind of a, more of a workforce piece of that, but, you know, the, the use of contractors, um, contracting agencies so that the operators are able to flex their own workforce and bring in contractors for the construction component of that um, is another piece that we are, we're seeing um, in, in when it, comes to contract groups, we we know that the margins that they operate on are very thin. And so making sure that the offerings that we have available um, are not shortcutting um, that their their employees that we're they're still getting the best um, learning resources available so that they can be providing the best service at the best cost and understanding their that sensitivity to cost that they have. Right. Well, and tied into this, right, uh, when I was talking about government programs, um, we have BEAD on the horizon. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there, what's happening there has any uh, different impact on, on what you're doing. But have you been hearing from your customers about BEAD or are there any specific concerns with that with respect to areas like education and training? They're definitely hearing con- the concerns about bead, whether that be mm-hmm. the the maps, <laughs> the infamous, infamous yeah. maps, yes. um, or <laughs> overbuilding government government subsidized overbuilding. Definitely yes. hearing the, the concerns. I think when it comes down specifically to education and and training of their employees, uh, what we hear directly from our customers is the the trying to navigate the different parameters of use of bead and understand understanding that it's going to be truly different by state, by territory, by U.S. territory. Um, and, and so them, they're learning and they're trying to grasp and understand the application of, of the different, um, you know, especially if they're in multi-states. Um, and so that translates to us uh, trying to understand it as well. And we're mm-hmm. still, you know, as so many are getting our own hands wrapped around that um, and knowing that it, it does differ from state to state, depending on the state, they could be further along in that um, and, and ensuring the, the unserved and underserved have been connected. Um, and depending, you know, if they're further down that path already, they'll have more flexibility in what the use of those bead funds could go to, to ensure the connectivity 
be within within their um, state. And so some states may be able to utilize that training for some of those operators may be able to utilize it for education and training and, and some may not. And it's just really going to depend on where their state lies on that that path to ensuring all of their their customers are served all their their um their citizens within the state are served okay yeah we're definitely navigating that as well yeah it feels like uh yeah everybody's trying to figure out what bead means to them and um yes uh you know the kind of the good bad and ugly that's going to come i think um uh coming up here hopefully more uh more good than the others but um uh you know and then we did talk a little bit about wireless right and i think the operators a lot of those that um you're working with um will be in this arena but Mm -hmm. Already we know, yeah, Comcast, Charter, they're doing mobile services through the MBNO partnerships. Um, Altice USA is in there. Uh, NCTC just did a deal with Reach where they're, they're making available an, a way for the independent operators to get into the mobile business. Um, you know, and this is like going to be a platform and everything, but as some of these operators explore this or even launch, mobile services um, in this particular manner. How does this impact your business? Um, Are you already kind of looking into ways to help operators prepare for this or is it outside your purview? You know, kind of what, what, what are your thoughts about it? We, we're absolutely working with the operators as they look um, to get into this space. So some of that goes back to us expanding the breadth of our content offerings, ensuring that as they are getting into a different um, service offering, that we've got the ability to provide learning around that for their current employees so their current employees can come alongside and, and go on that journey as well with them, utilizing us as a resource. I think at this point in time, as it is continues to be and is just as important that we continue to have the the strong partnerships with our customers that we do so that we can hear from them on a very regular basis on on what their challenges are. So I'm going back to some of your previous questions um, and where they are moving their business so that we are providing that that right time learning. Um, It's such, it's so important we the we the value of our partnerships with our customers is just like no words can express because that enables us to make sure that we're providing what they need when they need it um and speak you know getting into a different offerings that i mean that's moving away from say the voice and video and thinking more of okay we're really that the connectivity we're the pipe to the to the home where the pipe to the business. Okay. Now we're getting into this space. Okay. We need to be mm-hmm. going along. Yeah, mobile. yeah. Yeah. Right. They're, they're in every, everywhere people go is kind of where, where things are headed on the connectivity yes. side and, and kind of in that category, uh, we do see a lot of activity with fixed wireless. And I think a lot of my focus and discussion has been, well, fix wireless as a competitor to home broadband, but uh, some operators, several, mm-hmm. view it as a tool to reach into areas not served by their legacy wired networks, or maybe it's a little, uh, it's cost, more cost effective 
to do fixed wireless for now. Um, so I guess the same type of question, um, fixed wireless, right? Uh, uh, you know, is that part of your uh, curriculum yet? Is it going to be, um, are you getting interest? You know, is there a demand for it right now from, from the operators? I imagine there's got to be some. There is, there is a demand, especially on understanding it and making and, and understanding its potential use. And again, you know, what I mentioned earlier, it could be understanding it from a competitive perspective, and it could be understanding how it could be useful when building out there and designing their own infrastructure, their own architecture. Um, and so that goes back to us expanding the breadth of our content offerings. Um, yes, we did sign a, a partnership earlier this year, which is a allowed us to expand our offerings in this space on a very baseline basis. Um, and that will continue to be our focus is how we incorporate topics that are relevant to our current customer base at the time that they need them. I think from a, a provider perspective, we are of the mindset, um, which we hear, you know, even at like the next gen um, conference that you all had, that there's convergence, that the, these, the service providers themselves, there's consolidation within the verticals and across the verticals. And so we believe that that will continue. And so if we can be supporting the, the content, the topic, uh, the technology and learning across industry, will we feel that will be set and ready to meet the convergence of the providers themselves. Okay. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about were, well, it's April. So nearing <laughs> the mid, near, near the midterm of, or mid, uh, midpoint of uh, the year. So we covered a lot of ground, right? And maybe a lot of what we talked about fits into this question, but you know, as you look at the last, you know, six, eight months of the year, I mean, what, what's the, what's your top priorities for, for NCTI for the balance of uh, 2023? Oh, thank you for asking that question. We, All so, of the above, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how many do I get? How many priorities yeah. do I get? I think that's what my All team right. says too. I'm, but which priority, Stacey, do you mean? Mm -hmm. um, so from a product development perspective, of course, we've talked a lot about wireless. We've talked about um, fiber. Wi-Fi itself is very uh, is a hot topic for us and making sure that we, uh, especially from a troubleshooting perspective, um, both in-person troubleshooting for somebody going into a home or a small business, but then providing the, the resources for virtual troubleshooting as well and that understanding for those individuals taking those calls, taking those chats, whatever the case may be with a customer, that that piece is, is very important for us through definitely through the remainder of 2023. Um, in addition to that, just the uncertainty within the economy and understanding the uh, impact that that could have for some of our customers, remaining the most cost-effective solution that we can be for them. So that means customizing the the learning for them so that they're getting exactly what they need when they want it um, and providing the most excellent customer experience that we can. That is core to who we are. It's something we take a lot of pride in. And so being able to continue that, whether that's, um, again, the content that they're, they're get, receiving from us, the experience 
clients on our platform, the data that they receive from us on, on how their students are performing um, and engaging with our content um, so that they can utilize that for their retention efforts, um, for their recruitment efforts um, even. We, we had a, an operator come to us late last year asking that they, they would have these new hire classes and they were finding that there was a bifurcation within the class and, and um, with some of the individuals not having all of the baseline knowledge that they had expected when they hired them. And so mm-hmm. they came to the S and they asked us to help them problem solve that so that they could essentially bring everybody up to the same level as they really launch into their new hire program. So we created an assessment that identified the, the competencies that might be just a l- lagging just a bit and then pr- provided the learning that then would help that individual, that new hire come up and be more proficient in that knowledge area. So I think having the ability to provide that type of product, um, again, in a cost-effective way that truly impacts their business from a recruitment or retention perspective, I think is, is important for us, has been important for us, and will continue to be in 2023. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Stacy. I think uh, that's where we're going to leave it for today, but I appreciate you joining the podcast. I'm glad we had an opportunity to catch up. Thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. All right.